0: Welcome to another edition of Practitioner Radio, Pink Elephant's podcast for the IT management community. Welcome to Practitioner Radio, Pink Elephant's podcast for the IT management community, episode number 34, 34, like you're counting up, three, four. Hey, it's Chris Dancy, and I'm here with uh, my omnipresent and articulate co-host, Mr. Troy Dumoulin. Hey, Chris, how you doing today? I am feeling good, feeling jazzed. I, I've been off the road for four whole days. That's a record for you. Yeah, I keep waiting to bump into David Ratcliffe at an airport. I just, I don't know how he does it. The man is a is a machine. It's almost as if there's a haunting You know how uh, these people on TV who film their TVs, like there's hauntings and poltergeists and things. I feel the presence of someone else. I think I feel it too. Who is that? Hello, Presence, are you with us? That would be me. Hello, Presence, who are you? (laughs) Tell us who you are. Yeah, I'm a special guest on this one. You are, and you are Chris Yardley, and you're with Pink Elephant, is that correct? Chris Yardley,
1: yes, and I've just been hired on as the new director of marketing for Pink.
2: And we're very glad to have you,
1: Chris. Thank you. Glad to be here.
0: So first, a little bit of small talk. uh, Now, Chris, are you familiar with Practitioner Radio? You know,
1: I'm familiar with it. You know, I've I've listened to a few of the episodes. I I have to admit, I haven't listened to all 33
0: of them. Yes, yes, yes. So, Chris, uh, we had you on today because you've been doing some interesting research around online education and a bunch of other trends you're seeing. And Troy wanted to talk about some of these things. And we kind of wanted to have just an open discussion on Practitioner Radio about some of these trends and stuff, Uh, and not so much me learning from Troy, but I always do anyway. So why don't you kick us off and tell us a little bit about your role and what made you think this would be a good thing uh, to talk about today?
1: Well, you know, as the new director here for marketing, one of the things that I'm looking at is is online marketing, search engine optimization, and all those other things. And so I started doing some Google ad searching and, and keyword searching and that sort of thing. And as I started going through the various trends of various keywords, I started to see a, a massive upturn on the the terminologies of online uh, e learning that sort of thing. And I started comparing those numbers to the numbers that we traditionally use as far as uh, you know idle training and that sort of thing. And it was absolutely amazing to see the the, the delta between the two, and that meaning that. You know, for and I'm not, gonna, I'm, you know, the numbers are irrelevant, but but you know, for let's say 10,000 uh, instances of someone clicking on you know idle training, there was 350,000 instances of someone clicking on online training or e-learning. So uh, it started me thinking about the trends and, and where it was going and why this trend is such a uh, you know compared to way, where it was maybe 2009. 2008 timeframe. Why has it grown so much? And so I started doing some digging and I started talking to Troy about perhaps, you know, doing something to talk about this whole e-learning trend.
2: Yeah. And I see it tying into conversations I'm having with other people around, you know, the whole millennial generation and what they value from a job satisfaction perspective, you know, time and the bring your own device concepts. And they want more flexibility working from home, this, this virtual culture we're moving towards is seeming to pick up on this online learning capability as more and more, almost not the default, certainly one of the critical elements for
0: personal development. And I think it's culturally driven and it starts in this social world. And it it is. The social world, you know, I think in some ways, it's strange now we're having a conversation. I'm not actually doing traditional practitioner radio. Sorry, I just realized I'm out of character. Uh, But Troy, in some ways it's kind of weird because as you and I have talked about offline, I truly believe that humanity has splintered uh, and that the time we spend in virtual spaces, not only is it eclipsed the time that we spend looking in someone else's eyes, but in some ways that augmented space has changed our behaviors. And to your point about social and learning, how we learn and what we learn and how we shared What we learned, because learning used to always be about I'm taking it in, I'm taking it in, I'm taking it in. But now, for a lot of people, younger people, and even people who are older who spend time in these spaces, learning is more about taking it in, but then resharing it.
2: Yeah, and add to that the complexities of our economy and the you know the cost reduction and travel restrictions we're seeing. It just this perfect storm coming up yeah
1: yeah i I think you know one of the things that that i looked at at the very beginning when when you look at the the what was mentioned about e-learning back in say 2008 2009 it was really all about cost savings totally and as we started to migrate into 2013 i'm seeing that more and more people are talking about the benefits of e-learning being more in tune to how people want to learn i.e. in bite-sized pieces, at their own pace, using social media, all those things, and being able to collaborate online. And so it's it's no longer a, a fiscal reason for changing, but it's more of the how people want to learn, the, the fact that people want more control over their own destinies, as it
0: were. And it's amazing that that change happened in, in less than five years. We went from cost savings to—I mean, you could say the same thing with Troy of SAS, Right. In the beginning, it was all sold to us as cost and ease of use. But now it's really my way anyway quick. But I think there's something to be said, Chris. I was wondering in your research, or have you pondered this? I liken it a lot to some—I know some people who they can go on vacation to some fabulous country, but that vacation doesn't exist until they post the photos. Right. (laughs) Detroit just giggled. He knows what I'm talking about. (laughs) So— Then it's like that vacation did not exist until the photos are online, right? It's like, it's almost like physical space is irrelevant. With learning, I see some people who will take a class or some, you know, look at Khan Academy, right? Or, Or any of these kind of, you know, massive online education systems. And you didn't learn anything until you shared either while you're learning it or afterward what you learned. And that's just so different than when I went to school or even seven years
2: ago. Yeah, and it's at all levels. Um... And and let's just maybe we should qualify a few things as well because we yeah. say learn online learning. There's level. There's lots of different models there. Like there's self-paced. You know, I'm, I watch something and participate. There's virtual instructor-led. But so there's many different concepts when we talk about online. But it's all web-based. So let's use that as our premise. But you know, the, it's not just at the corporate level. I mean, my kids in public school, elementary school, uh, now have a Moodle account. Mm-hmm. Moodle is a learning management system where they interact with their professors and their homework, they write directly online and they submit their their book review or their essay via Moodle. And so they're engaging with their, even their, you know, brick and mortar school uh, through learning management systems. And it's, and it's not just, you know, in this corporate world that we're living in today that we're seeing this. Um, in fact, Even the organizational structure and design, how things are changing and shifting is making a difference. Because, for example, we're doing this global scan right now for a global organization and we're finding out there's nowhere to go to actually meet with people because they're all virtual. They're all working from home or hoteling. So Mm. how do you even engage at a corporate level in a learning model with an organization that has shifted so
0: drastically from physical locations to being so virtually dispersed. Yeah, which opens up a can of worms for probably practitioner Radio 35 of support models that are mobile and, and, and contextual-based. Chris, obviously you found a lot of trends in your research around search terms. So People used to look for this, and now they look for this. To tie it back a little bit to how our, our customers in IT look for information, do you think there's something to be said, or could you tie it into... How people change, or, or this evolution that people are making from, like like you said, they used to look for to learning, and now the e learning, online classes. Those are the main search terms. Is it just people naturally using these words more often? Or are they where where is it coming from? You know,
1: from my perspective, I think it's it's uh, it's a little mixture of both. I think there are a lot of people who want to take control of their own destiny as far as their careers are concerned, their, their learning is concerned, excuse me. but I, you know, there's the other trend where there's corporations out there that are looking to become more efficient in as far as their, their you know, projection of learning to their, to their constituents, their, their employees, and I think all of them are looking for different ways of, of being able to uh, learn the material without necessarily interrupting their work schedules. And that's a big one. Uh, you know, a lot of, and, and that's one of the trends that we're seeing. And, and the reason why people are going the e-learning route is because they can take it at their own pace. And I think as we start to see the market evolve, I think we're also going to see the the, the people who are providing the e-learning experience, the, the companies like Pink Elephant, um, they're going to have to adjust how they present that material online because, People are going to want to take it in bite-sized pieces as opposed to what we're doing now, which is, you know, here's two full days of training and you can take the exam at the end of the day. You know, now I think it's especially when you start looking at things like mobile learning where people are using their their smartphones between, say, waiting for an appointment or sitting on the bus or the train commuting to and from work. People are using that, that downtime to be able to get those snippets of information that they need. And so, you know, being able to modularize, if that's a word, uh, the, the material in such a way that people can, can learn. So I think as far as the, the trend that you were talking about, why are people or what are people looking for? I think that's what's driving it. I think people are just using the terminology e-learning or online learning as a catch-all phrase. But I think ultimately, at the end of the day... People are really looking for a a a different way of being able to learn, and whether that's in a social environment or whether it's in, in a in an e environment, it's it's all about you know changing the 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 way that they've been learning now.
0: And this is really interesting because one of the things Practitioner Radio did last year was we went we were always on iTunes, but we we started hosting our stuff also on SoundCloud, and we did that because SoundCloud allows people to interact at that point in time. So right now, someone would click on their screen and type something about what I'm saying. Uh, And you can look through SoundCloud.com and see a lot of ways that people are collaborating in not only podcasts, but types of education. Technology, I think, plays a big part in this, Chris. And and nobody likes to say that, especially uh, tech people, because you know it's, it's like uh, it's basically saying a robot's going to take my job when you say technology is important and we've had this pendulum troy nozo that goes you know, technology, people, process, technology, people. It just goes back and forth in this kind of weird dimension. But things, I, I listen to, uh, have you heard of Audible? And I, I, I hate to sound yes. uh, xenophobic. Uh, I don't know. If, Books online, yeah. basically. Yeah. Yeah. But one of the things I love about Audible and, and, and downloading things to learn from Audible, Chris, is the fact that I can listen to it on my phone, stop it, and then if I'm on my computer, go to the cloud Version of it or the website version of it, right? Their cloud player mm-hmm. and go to the same book and it picks up exactly where I left off. Kindles do the same type of thing. Uh, sure. iBooks, they, they know exactly where you left off. And not only that, but they allow you, in the case of the Kindle, to see what other people have highlighted. This really changes how people consume education.
2: Well, and coming back to something Chris said earlier, I think it's very important. He just, a light bulb went on my head over my head when you said it, Chris. I know.
0: Right, I, th- I throw them out there for you. Actually, the other Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Thank uh, you. Not that you don't have your share of, y- of light bulbs. Uh, Ross, can we get some wah-wah-wah music? All right, thanks,
2: Ross. <laughs> All right, so um, about people not being able to for- afford the time in their schedule. You- those weren't your exact words, Chris Seardley, but mm-hmm. you know the ability to sit in class for two or five days is really not there. If you think back to how our organizations have changed over the last few years as people had to right size and upsize and downsize there's more people doing more work with less resources you know we don't have the same slack or discretionary time we might have had 5 years ago so actually getting approval to, to get out of your job for four to you know x number of days has become harder and so people have to consume learning in different ways different chunks they just can't dedicate invest that block of time sometimes.
1: Exactly.
2: And this is a major change in the last few years, just as we've gone through this kind of shift in organizations. And this is what e learning gives you this flexibility. And it's and it's both the and these are the official terms, the asynchronous kind of offline online listening at your own pace. That's what you were describing, Chris Dancy. But it's also the the synchronous, the real time, the virtual instructor. I'm actually in a group, a study group, a work group, learning together. And you got to combine both. But the key of both of those is that they're flexible in their structuring of how the time is split up yeah and I think that's going to
1: be the, the next trend is to start we're going to see companies merging the synchronous and asynchronous together in a, in a, a much more dynamic environment for learning so that people can take the, 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 the synchronous course with, with other people which which gives them a sense of, of being part of a, of a peer or a group which you know we've all been used to going to university classes high school whatever. Um, but mixing that up with the with the asynchronous learning, so that as people kind of take the basics away with them from the from the basic course, they can go off and, and pick out the things that they want more information about, the more detailed stuff, and do that in a, in a more of an asynchronous or an online version at their own pace or on demand, and then being able to go beyond that, and then sharing that their ideas or thoughts or asking questions with the social part of the online learning, which would be, you know, our equivalent of, of a study hall. You know, when I went to university, you know, you'd go to a place where people were talking about the same things or they were taking the same courses and you'd, you'd ask questions and people would, you know, collaborate that way. But now you can do it in a virtual environment. So I think that's going to be a huge trend.
0: Yeah, I see a lot of folks, their children will actually do homework online together but they'll ask each other questions in Facebook, and I only know this because I'll be visiting them, and parents are sometimes friends with their kids, and their kids will actually, you know, did you guys see this? How did you answer this? And it's it's kind of odd, and because I can't imagine doing it that way. Just like you know, Troy and I have talked about it, or maybe we haven't talked about it. I record way too many things. But I I have this one friend who works for Virgin America, no Virgin Airlines. He was, he's he's English. And, like, he uses his Facebook like the help desk because he's connected to everybody he works with. So he's like, who knows the roster for next week? As if that's, like, relevant to me, right? And uh, what's the per diem if I'm in, you know, Abu, you know, something or another? And, like, the this, this shift to just using any of these channels to to get feedback, when you look at, you know, this concept of e-learning do you think people are doing the same type of thing or do you think learning is a little bit more personal i think the hybrid is is the key people want options
2: um you know the the current millennial generation wants to be much more flexible in in the time that it can work at different tasks right so flexibility is the key the you know the the traditional model you only learn one way you come in, you sit down, and you shut up, or you don't shut up, but you can intervol- you involve yourself only in the time of that class, right? And you go away, you work on something, and you submit it to the professor. This is the traditional one-way approach. And it's not that it's invalidated, but it's still not the flexibility that people want. So I don't think that we've seen the last of classroom education by any means. People, A lot of people still prefer that, or they want to supplement their in-class experience, physical class, I'm, in, I'm actually in the same room with you, with these asynchronous and synchronous models. So it's the
0: combination of all of the above. That's what Khan does, right? So you basically do the classroom work by via video at night, K-H-A-N. You know, Bill Gates has been doing this now. We're funding it for a couple of years. And then during the day, what would be traditionally physical class or the asynchronous part you were talking about, you actually talk about what you watched last night. So it's, it's that hybrid model you're talking about. And I think the explosion of video has, you know, and... Not really so much video, but the explosion of four G connectivity makes consuming video on a mobile device actually possible in two thousand thirteen. Well, I think it's even expected
2: at this point. Uh, I think it's actually becoming a critical success factor for education and personal development.
1: Mm. I you know, and I think I think we're going to see even more advancements in that in that area as the technology changes and, and evolves. I think uh, both on the the, the the e-learning side of it but also in the technology behind the internet and as speeds get faster and more and more people get high speed internet access etc. I think we're going to see an evolve an involvement in, in, um, in, how, in, in the, how, how the content is being pre- presented so it's going to be all multimedia it'll be videos it'll be interaction it'll be you know almost like like being in a, in a television program where there's a high production value so that, you know, people are engaged in it as opposed to being killed by PowerPoint. And so I, I think that's that's going to be a, a really... Because, you know, Troy, you mentioned that, that, you know, people have different ways of learning. And some people like reading books and some people like listening and some people like vid- visual interaction. And, and part of the reason why... Um, You know, it it was a slow taking off of of e-learning was because it was all very much textual or audio because just simply the technology wasn't there. But as it starts to evolve and and it becomes, it starts to open up the um, the opportunity for people who learn in different ways to be able to pick up on it. And I think as we start to see it evolve, I think more and more people will adapt to it.
0: I just, I, I question though, you know, Troy talked and you both have mentioned how many different ways we all learn. Yeah, a lot of times, like if, if there's a Flora TV, it's kind of like uh, Ted Light. <laughs> it's they have like, the, you know, smart eight minute videos for people to listen and stuff. And I love them, but like, I don't know, for me, like I start it in a tab. And then I move to another tab and do other things. And then when there's like a really interesting part, or I know he's showing something, I quickly try to jump back there. And then if I want to make a note, I got to quickly open something or do something. And there really should just be an easier way that, especially if it's e-learning, right? That the actual text or the transcription of it, right? And one of the things we experimented with last year was every practitioner radio was transcribed. But the thing no one ever saw was there was an engine that wasn't public, I kept it behind. That allowed you, as we talked, it highlighted the words on the screen, and you could right click and say, "Share this, save this to Evernote, put this here." Does that make Does that make sense?
2: Well, that's the technology coming of age that uh, Chris just mentioned. Yeah, but you know what? You, you pointed out another issue is that you know this is all. This is not all goodness because we have this predilection to uh, multitask right and many many studies are showing now that multitasking is not the best way to do any given thing and the reality is we're tempted in our short attention spans and attention deficit disorder you know we're tempted to kind of try to do this and maybe we would detrimentally impact our learning if all we were doing was online Uh, in fact when we do courses we teach our instructors basically how do you keep them engaged and keep them on their toes that so they don't end up end up doing their email while you're doing the the synchronous live instruction uh, because they have to learn at the same time. There's an
0: accountability there. Well, Troy, I, I I asked you why you guys, why Pink has the leadership summit in August in Arizona, and you said it needs to be too hot to go anywhere.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: Well the same
0: thing as we we used to do our conference in uh, Orlando
2: right yeah. and what we found out was that uh, that people would come to about half of the conference and then they would be in the parks with their their families <laughs> it's like all right <laughs>
0: You know, all the fun in Vegas happens at night, baby. <laughs> right? uh, that's, that's I there's another pink elephant secret. I didn't know you did it in Vegas because it happens at night. Interesting, but
1: yeah, I think you know, just further what Troy's saying, one of the, the biggest challenges with any online learning is the fact that, uh, statistically speaking, the pass rates for any exams coming from, from e learning isn't quite as high as, as the face to face classroom style and, and in fact the dropout rates are much higher as well just because people are more distracted.
0: Is that a problem with with the, with the fact that we are actually we care about a pass rate or, or a fail rate because I, I would think I would think exposure in 2013 counts just as much as a successful pass rate. Well I want to qualify that Chris I think what you say is accurate for self-paced
2: online asynchronous where it's up to you to have the discipline right, right, right. when you're in synchronous basically live conversation with your class you just happen to be like we are right now virtual i think what we've seen is not the same level of because you're, you're being disciplined by being accountable to your your group you're working with your study group mm. so I, I agree that i think that's true of the asynchronous
0: but synchronous we're not seeing the same results we're seeing pretty good results there right right i mean we can't talk about forwarding education and the ways we deliver and consume education, if we don't take a hard look at the ways we measure the successful nature of that. And and that I don't hear that conversation.
2: And that's a legitimate thing, right? Is the success having passed an exam? Well, that tests your knowledge retention, but that doesn't mean necessarily you're going to be able to apply, right? That's right. where you need that referenceable material you go keep going back to and and having the after you know review sessions that you need.
0: Because that seems to be one of the biggest failings in the IT community right now is we have godlike technology and a wooden ruler.
1: But I think that's exactly where, you know, I see the trend going is, is where you're going to get things like gamification and interaction and all those things in a virtual group environment. I think that's where e-learning is going to go because the technology itself lends itself so well to that, where people can engage in a virtual room and have virtual experiences but have, you know, real people on the other end. So it's not just interacting with, you know, some nebulous cloud in the background called the internet. It's, it's actual, you know, I should say actual virtual face-to-face. And so that's really where it's going to go. And, and so I think, you know, that whole wooden ruler thing starts to become a little bit more of a, a slide rule and eventually becomes electronic.
2: Yeah, for me, it's it's a critical component to add. But it's, it can't be the only thing you do. This is back to our experiential learning session, right?
0: Exactly, Troy. Yeah, some
2: people have to have hands-on before they can ever grasp uh, an abstract concept. Not everybody, but some people do. So it's it's got to be added to the kit. I don't think it can replace anything.
1: No, it, and, and that's, I think that's where the success is going to be for companies like Pink Elephant is being able to offer all of those different types of training environments so that people can pick and choose
2: whatever they'd like. Well, the, the key is every organization is trying to do personal
0: development, right? Uh, for their groups or their individuals. Well, you would hope, but I, you know, I don't... I mean, you guys see a lot of this. Because if someone's sending somebody to a pink class, I mean, that's considered personal development, right? Are, do organizations, do we spend a lot of Or do we expect people to use their down cycles, as Chris described it earlier, to consume faster and more? So in essence... Yeah, it's personal development, but you're actually just working twice as much.
2: And that depends on different markets. So here yeah. in North
0: America, especially in Europe, there's a huge emphasis put on this, right? And it's also
2: part of the package that you would want as an employee. What are you going to do for me is help me as far as development. But you go to an emerging market some areas, India, for example, um, you don't get to take classes during your, your work time. You're expected to do that on your own time. And so now it becomes critical to have these, these options available to you like many people in those markets, self-study. And how are you going to self-study? Well, if you can't attend a class at a specific time, you know, in a rigid way, you've got to find different models to get yourself up to the rest of the industry.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah. Location has a big lot to do with it, right? I mean, if I'm, if I'm in uh, Keokuk, Iowa, it might, there may not be a class that I can attend there. And it may, it may the cost of bringing someone in maybe too cross prohibitive. So, this is a great opportunity for me to get the same quality of learning that the guy in Chicago gets.
0: <laughs> yeah, and hopefully, if if we continue, because we've found this kind of gaping hole in the fact that we have this newer technology and no real way to measure it. By the way, Troy, tweeted that uh, just now. Uh, but as far as location, you know, we're also missing the boat there too a little bit, Chris. Because yes, Itil should be Itil should be Itil. But it also should be contextual. So where you take it should actually kind of dictate and who you're with when you take it. A live instructor can make those contextual adjustments. Right.
1: Yes. And you can't beat face to face. There's there's I mean, everybody says that.
0: Well, I think actually actually I think you can. I think it's just a matter of time. (laughs) 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 Facebook doesn't let me down, people do.
2: As technologies evolve, I think right back to uh, Logan's run. Remember that wall that they had and he could just shift through and see all the different entertainment? Literally, you're almost like in a virtual environment.
0: You, you get to immerse yourself. We're not that far off from that. We're getting close. No, we, we were. Yeah, we're falling into our phones. We're there. Right. It's just what we don't have is the glowing beeper in our hand. And when we turn thirty, saying "Go to carousel," I mean, it's just not <laughs> the carousel. But, but, I, I'm, but actually, your Apple iPhone probably is that glowing beacon in your hand that's saying "Time's up, go to carousel." Great session, guys. Definitely thought provoking. Definitely not our typical practitioner radio, but you know, practitioner radio evolves just like everything else. Chris Yardley. Uh, at the end of the show, we usually have this little this little segment. Are you familiar with it? No. It's kind of it's kind of a signature thing. I've. I've actually been asked in different countries to to do it. So, uh, Troy, it's that time. Okay. It's time for Troy's Thunderbolt, tip of the day! Chris, online
2: and web-based learning is an emerging and important part of our personal and corporate development plans. I think every organization... They need to take a hard look at how we incorporate the rich and effective resources
0: we have online. You can get the show notes over on Troy's blog at pinkelephant.com. The show notes are always over on servicehere.com. They're always over on SoundCloud. If you haven't visited SoundCloud and you listen to practitioner radio, check out soundcloud.com. You can connect with Chris Yardley over on LinkedIn or Chris, are you on Twitter or any place else people can connect with you? I'm on LinkedIn as well and uh, Twitter as well. Look Chris up there and Troy, like I said in the beginning of the show, you're omnipro. Always a pleasure, guys. Thanks a lot, and we'll see everybody in a week. Bye. Ciao. Ciao.